Have you checked out VanillaSoft? It's a sales engagement platform, but what does that mean, right? Well, it means that you can stop your sales reps from cherry picking leads. It means they'll make more than just two or three contact attempts. It means you could potentially triple your sales pipeline. Check it out at VanillaSoft.com. Hello, 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 everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Sales Development Podcast. I am very excited to introduce the next guest, We've got Jeff Kahn, who's the CEO and co-founder of Rise Science. Jeff, how are you doing today? Pretty good. Hanging in there in the Chicago winter. Awesome. Well, thanks for making the time to share this information with our audience. Jeff has been doing a lot of research on the importance of sleep and how that can help in your performance. And I know I, for one, as a you know professional as a salesperson, as a parent, you know, constantly trying to see how I can improve sleep. And you know, use it to improve my performance because if you don't have enough, it just kills you. But Jeff has been doing a lot of work in this area with his company. And you know, I'd love to just find out, Jeff, how did you get into this? And you know, yeah. tell us about your research. Sure. Yes, yeah, so I've been doing this for about a decade now. Back in 2010, I was up late at night as a nerdy engineer working on math problems and up early in the morning feeling crappy, trying to get to class. And something just didn't feel right. I was exhausted. I'd be depressed during the day. I just didn't have as much drive as I felt like I should have. Like it just felt off. And so a good friend of mine at the time, Leon, who's now my co-founder, I just convinced him to start taking independent studies with me in sleep science. And we learned three, I'd say for us at the time, groundbreaking ideas. The first was that we had basically known nothing about sleep. And yet, after getting a chance to do independent studies with some of the top sleep scientists in the world, we realized that there is a lot of science out there about sleep. And specifically, so there's about 100 years of scientific work that's been done, actually starting in Chicago, which is where we're headquartered. But the first sleep lab ever started back in 1925. And there's about a million and a half peer-reviewed papers in sleep. To put that in context for like physical activity, there's about 500,000. So just a ton out there about sleep that we didn't know. The second big finding is how every aspect of how you perform. So anything physical, anything cognitive, anything emotional, anything physical, how long you're going to live. I mean, just every aspect of your life, if you can measure it, likely the last hundred years, some scientists have gotten together and studied how sleep affects that thing. And across the board, what we found is when you don't get enough sleep, your performance suffers in every aspect. And I think we can get into some of the really fun ones that affect sales in particular. But that was just like totally mind-blowing to us. So how we felt was absolutely related to our sleep. And then the last thing was, you know, back in 2010, Fitbit was just out on the market. There were a bunch of these wearables out there. And it was just starting to kind of gain a little bit of steam. Obviously, I think since then, it's just even gained a lot more steam. But the big problem is super simple. The big problem is that people just aren't getting enough. We need slightly over eight as a population, and we get a little over six, I think, if we're doing a good job. And that delta, that two-hour delta, is really standing between sort of, I would say, a drunk version of ourselves and the very best version of ourselves. And so the problem is simple. You know, Solving it and figuring out how you actually get that more sleep is where actually Leon and I decided to really put our research efforts into. And we became the first researchers to publish a paper showing that, in fact, you can help people, everyday people, get more sleep. And there's technology that can help with that. And so that's what kind of turned us on to this idea that we might be able to help people 
really change their life in a fundamental way because they're able to get more sleep. It's an amazing mission. It's a true mission. It's a true mission. And it didn't start as a business. You know, I was a nerdy engineer. I was finishing up grad school and engineering school. And I was doing this research. And, you know, the way this actually happened was our school's football team, we were up at Northwestern and, you know, one of the best performing Big Ten teams, right? They came to us and said, our players aren't sleeping. Can you help us? And they found out about our research. And so that's really when we kind of cut our teeth looking at, okay, well, not only can we help someone get more sleep, but does that lead to a real world change in performance? And how important is it? Really, like, should sleep be in your top 10 priority list? Should it be in the top 100? Should it be the number one thing? We didn't know. And what we found working with Northwestern's football team was they were making about five more plays per game. There was nothing else that they've ever done that had that type of impact. And so very quickly, you know, as I was finishing up grad school, other pro teams were saying, hey, well, can you come do this for us? And that's actually how I got into sales myself. I didn't know what a contract was, didn't know. I mean, I knew nothing about sales, but just have become a student of the game since then and have just fell in love with both the discipline of sales, the science of it, and then and practicing it you know, now for the past probably eight years, seven or eight years. So that's sort of how the business started. And we were fortunate enough to work with teams like the Patriots and Clemson and Alabama and you know, many great teams. And you know, we go on and on. And the way this turned into sales was sort of tied back to Northwestern. Again, there's a guy named Craig Wharton, and Craig heads up the Kellogg Sales Institute. And their mission is to really educate the sort of academic business world that not only is sales important, but that it's a discipline that should be studied with the same rigor of every other business discipline. And Craig is an amazing seller himself, but leads that up. And he found out about our research and said to me, Jeff, I like what you're doing in athletics, but sellers are the pro athletes of corporate America and you need to be focusing on them. Would you come do a controlled study with me with one of my Fortune 200 sales teams and see if we can rigorously prove out the stats behind this? And so that's sort of what led into the foray of us getting into sales teams and starting to really focus on not just sleep for pro athletes, not just sleep for everyone, but really focusing on the folks day to day that are in front of customers, talking to them building relationships with them and, you know, ultimately transacting. And so that's sort of how we've got into this. And the past two years, that same journey that I had where I was getting laughed out of locker rooms in pro sports for talking about sleep and with, you know, where that was not a thing, the same things happening in, in many boardrooms and meetings with heads of sales and heads of sales development. But there are some that listen to the story and say, you know what, I believe the data and I believe the science and I'm willing to listen and really understand. And so it's folks like that that we're finding just tons of success with, and it's just tons of fun. Okay. So I believe, I'm a believer. So well, I, and I want to dig into more of the science behind this, because I think if people aren't familiar with this, they're going to be fascinated. But how did you take the scientific study that you made and then turn that into a business that can help people to perform better? What does that look like? Yeah. I mean, so I guess the question is, how long do you have? It's a, <laughs> it's a, it's a long journey. But, you know, it came because we were obsessed with this problem. We wanted to figure out how to help people get more sleep. And I think what we heard from the players that were on the team, and this has continued to this day, just this maniacal focus on who our users are and how we can help them. But, you know, they'd be like, I'm just slammed on all ends. Like, I'm going to class. I'm spending all this time in football practice. Like, I've got to have a social life too. Like, I can't get any more sleep. You're crazy. And then what would happen is when we go and observe, we go over to their apartments We'd actually do time studies, you know, similar to if you're an SDR, you're listening to your calls, you're, you have good sales discipline, 
what we saw, what we observed is that folks actually have a lot of wasted time. And at the end of the day, when you're your most depleted because you've just put in a hard day, at the end of the night, when you need to have some discipline to get to bed is actually when it's most difficult. And so there's a lot of work we did around how to help prepare for that, help plan for that, and help folks improve. And so really what it came down to was, you know, Northwestern, they, the football team showed us that we could make a material impact to their business. Their business is winning football games and not getting injured. And the players loved it. And so that's sort of how it turned into, you know, turned into a business where we had GMs of pro football teams. And I'd say, how do you justify spending money on sleep? And like, Jeff, we spent $150 million in payroll. We've got 87 octane in the tank. We need to go to 89 octane. So yeah, we'll pay you whatever it looks like. But that didn't come from, you know, obviously we got laughed out of a lot of locker rooms and, you know, it was a new thing back then. And even today, it's still, while it's much more accepted, you know, it's still not kind of the laggards. I've not yet adopted sleep programs yet in the world of elite athletics. So, but, and then, so just selling and building a business and providing real results and building real relationships and focusing on customer success and all that stuff and just tons of hard work and focus and building a great product. And that's sort of how it turned into the first version of the business, which was really focused on pro athletics. And then the second version has come from some of the results we're generating with, with large enterprise sales teams. This is so interesting because I came to the conclusion that this was important on my own terms from just having kids and being stressed and not getting enough sleep. And I actually used the sleep monitor. It was actually an app called Pillow. Okay. And oh, I tracked it. Yeah. Yeah. And I know the developers behind it are awesome. It's amazing. It's amazing. And I'm not getting paid anything for saying this. I, it really <laughs> is <laughs> an amazing thing. But I tracked my sleep for months and months and months, and I could not crack the average of six hours and 45 minutes. I could yeah. never crack that, whether coming in a below or above for months. I tried to inch it up. And I just realized, you know, as just one person in your study, that because I've missed, you know, one hour and 15 minutes of sleep for the last 40 plus years, I've messed myself up pretty bad. <laughs> yeah, there's a good side and a bad side <laughs> that I can talk about that specifically. Yeah, I think. Okay. Tell me the good side first. Yeah, yeah so the good side for you. <laughs> so I guess let's start with the facts and we'll go to the good news, bad news. The facts are every person has a specific amount of sleep they need. The average is eight hours and 10 minutes with a 35 minute standard deviation. That means that you know, most of us need between seven and a half and eight and a half. But it's a genetic thing, just like how everyone is you know, different, slightly different eye color and slightly different height. So it's a, mostly a genetic trait. And so if you don't get that amount, let's say you need eight and you get six hours and 45 minutes, you build up debt. Now, here's there's sort of the positive and negative side of debt. The good news is that in a short amount of time, you can actually make up a lot of debt. The idea isn't to be at zero debt. You know, the body was never designed for that. But by working down your debt, you're able to feel a lot better, have way more energy. All the benefits that folks have already heard about with sleep come true when your sleep debt is low. And so it's not about how much you slept last night. In fact, last night maybe is like, you know, 18% of the weighting in terms of how you perform today. Something in that range. Don't quote me exactly. I can go and find the paper and send it to you, but something in that range. And the last two weeks really are what matter. And so if you care about your performance today and you care about that super important meeting you're having today, or you care about hitting your activity numbers today, or you know, whatever that happens to be, that's really going to be based on how have you been sleeping in the last two weeks. And it's not about REM. It's not about deep sleep. That stuff is noise. So long as you don't have a sleep disorder, disclaimer, you don't have a sleep disorder. What matters is 
how much sleep are you getting relative to how much you need over the last two weeks? And so that number is actually going to be what's most important. And so, I don't, you know, David, maybe you're a seven hour and 20 minute guy and six hours and 45 is actually pretty good. Okay. I don't feel as bad maybe. about that. But <laughs> maybe. Well, I, I, you know, definitely feel better after even one good night's sleep. You know, I feel like a completely different person, to be honest. Yeah. Oh, no. And it's that sleep debt that really is moving down. And so you'll notice if you continue doing that, you'll feel better and better. And so that's the good news is one night of good sleep, you get the benefit tomorrow. So you want to go and change this tonight to everyone that's listening. You don't need any fancy hardware or trackers or mattresses, that stuff mostly, you know, so long as you're able to fall asleep and you don't have a sleep disorder, you just need to get more sleep. That's in all of our control. And so you can go home tonight get in bed a little early. And then the other trick I would say is you actually need to wait an hour and a half after waking up to judge how you feel. The reason behind that is your first hour and a half after waking is something called sleep inertia. And that's actually a time where you're sort of chemically groggy. And so, you know, my myth or my sort of pet hypothesis about why people think they should feel amazing when they wake up in the morning is, you know, the billions of dollars in mattress marketing and advertising that, you know, you buy this mattress and, and there you are with a smile on your face and no need for coffee. But quite the opposite in the science, it's that you do have to actually wait an hour and a half. And there's some ways to speed that up, but give yourself some time to lay that judgment and then see how you feel. Okay. And so, you know, from a business perspective, you're coming in and you're talking to these corporate clients and you're saying, hey, you know, this could be a key to higher performance. And they're looking at you and going, sleep? You know, what? <laughs> like, right. What do you say? Yeah. Yeah. Like imagine, I mean, you've managed teams before. So you're managing, let's say a group of SDRs and you've got training, you're onboarding, you're dealing with people issues. It's just, how do you think about this as a priority? And so we were just on the, the phone with the head of sales development at a big SaaS company that everyone knows about. And, you know, he was sharing with us how this is something super interesting because it's so different than what competition's doing. But he just said, Jeff, you know, we've already set our priorities for Q1. Like, can we talk in Q2? But this is really interesting. And so, you know, typically what we find talking with sales leaders is, and I'd say what makes this kind of different than everything else is, you know, if you get your sleep debt down and you're managing your sleep as sort of this KPI and the single most important lever on how you're going to perform from a human perspective, everything else you're doing as a leader matters more and is more effective. So if you're doing sales training or you're practicing objection handling or you're really focusing on sales structure and discipline and systems and just fundamentals, you know, of how to have a sales call, how to ask good questions, how to qualify. If your sleep debt's high, it's as if you're drunk. And we've all felt it. I mean, we all know what it's like to have just a terrible sales call. And oftentimes it's because you're just, you're not well slept. And you'll just be amazed at how much more confident you feel, how much more positive you feel how much more energy you have, how much more discipline you have to get into Salesforce and log, you know, your call notes and, and all your qualification criteria. Like you're just ready to get at it when your sleep debt's low. And so that's what we found is sort of a big enabler. And the leaders that really want to move this forward, they're saying to us like, well, gee, this is sort of a no-brainer. It's not that expensive to get started. It takes 15 minutes on a sales call. And then everyone not only is able to use this, but like they're happier at home, they're happier at work. They're going to thank me because I brought this in and like, it's just a win-win. It's a no brainer. You know, if you're willing to put 15 minutes onto a sales kickoff or pipe review. So from based on your research, you're saying that this is the number one most important KPI for affecting all these different 
parts of your performance. I mean, everything is sort of tied into increasing the amount of sleep. Yeah. Short answer, yes. The longer answer is today, most people think about sleep sort of on par with, you know, mental health and mental wellness and meditation and eating right. And, you know, you got to get physical activity in and, and it's this sort of hodgepodge of wellness. That's just blatantly wrong. It is not in tune with the last hundred years of what the science has, has shown, which is quite simply that when you don't get sleep, everything else about how your body functions suffers. So like, for example, let's look at nutrition. So yet, is nutrition important? 100% should people eat healthy? Yes. Now, you should prioritize sleep 100% over nutrition. And the reason why is if you get five hours of sleep a night for five, I believe it's five nights, although don't quote me exactly on the study, I have to go back. There's a lot of studies in my head. But if you, this was done at UChicago back in, in 2000, they took 25-year-old healthy males. They had them get five hours of sleep a night for four nights. And on that fifth day, they measured their glucose metabolism, which is a measure of you know, how well your metabolism is working. And it was decreased by 30%. Now, what the heck does 30% mean? It's the difference between someone who is metabolizing normally and someone who has type 2 diabetes. So basically, you get your sleep wrong for five nights, you have type 2 diabetes. If I gave you flaming hot Cheetos for five days, your sleep's going to be fine, right? Like it's, it's a <laughs> sleep that foundational element that affects everything above it. And so I think a lot of people misclassify it, but it's just one of these things that you need to get right. And if you get right, you're just infinitely more effective and it's a multiplying effect throughout your day. It cascades out to all these other things. It's like the bedrock of everything else that you need to be doing. And so how does, it, how does it work then? If you guys come in and are working with a sales team, I mean, it's like as a manager, how do you control whether or not people are sleeping in that? on your yeah. team. You know what I so mean? As a manager, yeah, as a manager, you can't. And I don't think you sh- our view is you shouldn't try and control anything. Our view is that as a manager, it's your job to put the right opportunities in front of your team for them to take advantage of. And you know, that's how we run our, our organization. And we trust the people we bring on and we let them make great decisions. And typically what we find is we'll go and we just did this with JP Morgan Chase last week. We were on a, we had 10 minutes on a weekly sales hyperview. And, you know, we had about 70% of those reps adopt 10 minutes. It's because if you're listening to this and you're spending all this time trying to figure out how you can be more effective at your job, and you also have the stresses of being at home and you also want to look good, you also want to enjoy your life, you want to be happier. There's really one thing. And this is, again, a massive claim. The only reason I'm so comfortable making the claim is there's a hundred years of science to back it up that if you get your sleep right, all of those things will be better. I mean, we're talking about the difference between, you know, V1.0 humanity and V2.0. And what's standing in the way of that is getting enough sleep every day. And it just sounds absurd, but anyone who's changed their sleep habits will say, yeah, 100%, I believe. I know that. It's not even a belief. I don't need science. Most people refer to VanillaSoft as the solution. It's the solution to ensure sales reps make the right number of attempts for every lead across all channels, including email, social, and the phone. It's the solution to serve the rep the next best lead every single time. You need to get your solution at VanillaSoft.com. Yeah, I mean, I'm a guinea pig. I'm a perfect guinea pig for you guys because (laughs) neither of my sons slept I mean, for okay. the first five years. <laughs> like, I, mean, uh, they just, I feel for you. That's hard. It was horrible. And, you know, then even still the six-year-old is really hard at sleeping. He, he won't sleep until late. And I just naturally get up early. So the reason I say this is I'm a living guinea pig of what you're trying to solve. 
So yes. <laughs> this is very interesting yeah. to me. Yeah. 100%. And, you know, I'll give you a, a quick teaser and then maybe this is, you know, another podcast or maybe another company. I have a nine month old at home. The first three months, oh, the hardest. It was way harder than I could ever imagine. <laughs> but by week 10, she was sleeping through the night. Now, I, there are some secret sauce that I'm happy to share with you offline and maybe we put it in the show notes. But <laughs> there are some great things that we did even before Clara was born that my wife did. And mostly hats off to her. I mean, she did an amazing job. But And I think we got lucky too. But there were some fun things we did from a science standpoint that I'll nerd out about. Yes, we definitely should talk about that because the one thing that I cannot stand is parents who are like, yeah, my kids slept for like 12 hours every night as soon as they were born. I just hate you people. So Yeah, (laughs) I know you probably hate me right now, but... I can give you some things that are actionable that have a lot of science behind them. (laughs) Well, I want to ask you too. So rituals. So someone who, okay, they're like, I buy into this. I want to improve my performance. You may know or not that you're only averaging lower than the amount of sleep. Okay. What should I do when I go to bed in order to make sure that I get that? And then what should I do when I wake up? Yeah. Just great, great questions. So I would encourage anyone, this is a shameless plug, I'll put my sales hat on here. If you're interested in this, this is what our app does. So we'll help like automatically track your sleep debt, we'll help you get into a better evening routine, help you get into a better morning routine, help you figure out when your peaks and dips of energy are going to be throughout the day. So there's a lot in there that does this exactly. But I'll just share some of the story behind sort of what we've learned and, and sort of what the science says behind sort of going to bed and waking So the big idea in all of sleep science, and I'd venture to say maybe the biggest idea, it's sort of like the laws of physics for sleep, are if you care about how performant you are going to be or how tired you're going to be, there are only two things that matter. The first thing that matters is how much sleep debt you have. So right, if you have a ton of sleep debt built up over the last two weeks, you're going to be just dragging it all day. Everyone knows that. Now, the second factor that I feel like it's people kind of know it, but maybe they've heard the word and they don't really know what it is. It's called the circadian rhythm. Now that sounds like a mouthful, but I'll break it down. So circa is around, dian is a day. So circadian, circadian, it's Latin for around a day. And it's this rhythm that repeats itself in your body every 24 hours. Now you have a clock in your head that tells every cell in the body when to be alert and when to not be. And as a result of that, you actually have times that are best to be sleeping and times that are best to be resting and times that are best to be performing. And it controls every cell in the body when to be sort of active or not. And so how does that apply then to our situation of how do I get a great night tonight? So what that means is you actually need to listen to your body. And that's all you have to do. Now, what does that mean tactically? So everyone actually has a biologically determined time when they have the most melatonin naturally swirling in their brain. And that time is known as your sleep window. And so what you actually want to do is go to bed in that sleep window. It's a biologically kind of natural time. Our app will has that in there and we'll, we'll be able, we can predict that for you based on you know, all of your sleep data. But that's sort of the first thing is don't fight your body, listen to it and listen and be in tune with that circadian rhythm and go to bed during your sleep window. Now, practically, how do you do that? If you don't have the app, what I would say is, so everyone has an afternoon peak. So typically after work and everyone's time is going to be different, but you're going to have a couple hours where you're back at a peak again. So take advantage of of that to get your work stuff done. Get your stressful stuff done. Put the kids down. Make dinner. You know, get your work emails done. And then after that, like you freaking earned it. You worked hard. Put your stuff away. Decompress. Start winding down. Watch some Netflix. Chill out. Do whatever you want to do. 
I'd recommend taking a hot shower because there's many benefits to it for sleep, but take a hot shower, wind down and reserve that last like hour or so to just treat yourself. And the other thing you should do when you're treating yourself, make sure that the lights aren't on. And the reasoning behind that is if you get light, that actually tells your brain to stay awake and you don't get your melatonin release. So do all your hard work, you know, stop it at eight or nine and then start decompressing and do it with dim lights. I light a candle in my bathroom. I take a hot shower. It's super nice. I do it every night, even though I don't, you know, soap. I'm a huge nerd about this. I just like taking a hot shower and increasing my core body temperature and that decreases, which is why I do it. And then I'm ready to go to sleep and I'm prepared and I really feel like I also treated myself as well. But yeah, that's, I think, the big secret. If you look at people now and their routines, and we've done a ton of research on this, it's all mixed up. So like you're putting your kids down and then you're getting a work email in and then you're doing some house chores and then you like watch a little bit of a Netflix show because it's late and you kind of want to do something and then you do some more other work and then like you're just sort of in this tizzy until you go to bed. And if you can just stack it properly, you'll find a lot more, not, not only biologically, but you'll just find a lot more behavioral ease of going to bed and you'll just feel so much better. So that's what I'd recommend everyone do tonight is just set that, set that evening forecast for yourself. I'm feeling better already just thinking about that. <laughs> but what about the phone though? Because I've heard mixed things like, you know, should you not even have the phone next to your bed or is it okay to look at the screen? You know, say you want to watch some Netflix before you go to bed. Yeah. Short answer is anytime you get light during that sort of sensitive sleep window part of your evening, it's going to destroy your melatonin production. There's actually like a direct neural connection to where the melatonin's produced and like the light just shuts it off. And so you basically don't want to get light at night. What can you do to avoid it? So it turns out that the eye is particularly sensitive to blue light. Now, blue light comes from every light source. It comes from the sun. It comes from if you're showering and your bathroom light's on. It comes from your phone. It comes from your TV. Any light source, not just phones. But phones sort of get a bad reputation for many reasons. But it's the blue light that's really the culprit. And so there are these special glasses, and I'm happy to put this in the show notes as well, that Honeywell makes. They're actually built for like blue light laser weldering. But they're like $10, and they do an amazing job of blocking out blue light. And it's just something we give to all the pro athletes, something we give to a lot of sales teams we work with, something we recommend to all the consumers that use us, is use those and put them on about an hour and a half before bed. And you will just be surprised at how much more sleepy you feel, staying asleep longer, being able to sleep in longer. You'll just feel way better. And it's because it's blocking out the blue light. It's allowing you to sleep more naturally how you normally would if we didn't have kind of all these external artificial circumstances. I love it. So you pop those on, you go through the routine, you're getting a little yeah. bit more, you can watch your Netflix still and, totally. and then just, you know, shut it down. So you wake up the next day, you're feeling great. What's the morning routine? Like you wake up and you're in that zone for a while. What should you do? So I actually wake up and when I wake up, I'm usually not feeling very good. Even if I've had a full night of sleep, and that's typically because I actually wear an eye mask at night, which is another thing I'd recommend. It blocks out all the light at night. As we talked about light, sort of this big influence. And there's just one that we recommend. We've tried hundreds of them. And it seems weird, but if you wear it for two, three nights, you'll not sleep without it. Even though I have blackout shades in my room, I still wear it because there's a lot of light leakage from blackout shades. So again, tons of science behind these, but they block out light and then that allows you to stay asleep. Now, when you wake up, you're going to feel groggy. That's normal. It's called sleep inertia. And I know that that's there and I know that that's normal. And so I'm not judging myself. I'm not like, oh, this is weird. Just sometimes, you know, when you wake up, you're going to feel groggy. Of course, the less sleep that you have, the less groggy you will feel but you will feel groggy and you should expect to. 
And so what I typically do to reduce that is I make myself a cup of coffee. I love the ritual of making coffee in the morning. And then if it's nice out in Chicago, which it's not always, but if it is, you know, you can get outside for a quick walk in the sunlight. The closer you to waking up, the more alert you'll feel faster. I won't get into all the science behind why. And then the other thing, if you can't get outside, is just get near a window. So have your cup of coffee, stand near a window, get light, and that's just going to help you. So that's sort of what my mornings look like. And then an hour and a half in, obviously I get a reminder from Rise and I, I check it out and I rate how I feel. So I'm keeping track of that. But that's the other thing that you can do is sort of keep stock of how you feel, wait an hour and a half after waking up. Got it. Okay. And then there's something I, I call, I don't know what the technical term, but it's like old man's disease where you keep, as you get older and older, you keep waking up earlier and earlier. And I'm not going to tell you how old I am, but I get up at like 4.30 sometimes. And you know, I want to go back to sleep for another hour yeah. or so, but I just can't, you know? So yeah. any suggestions there? 100%. Yeah. So it's not old man's disease, but you're quite astute in pointing out it does happen to old men. So here's what's going on behind the scenes. We just talked about circadian rhythm. So that is, everyone has that time when melatonin is released. So it turns out at age 20 is the latest that your melatonin ever gets released. So that means, you know, all the kids when they're 20 going out to bars and all that stuff, it's not socially constructed. Researchers have actually asked and answered that question, but it's actually biologically determined because of the late release of melatonin. And they're just not tired earlier, but it also means they wake up later. What happens is every year after that, that melatonin release gets slightly earlier. So what's happening for you is every day you get older, the circadian rhythm is actually releasing melatonin slightly earlier, you know as you get older and older. And so what that means is it's actually better for you to be going to sleep earlier and waking up earlier. There are ways that you can shift that and you can sort of go against what your body's naturally trying to do. Topic for another time. Got it. Okay. All right. Well, that's good to know. So now I've got that last piece. I got to convince my son to go to bed earlier and <laughs> not keep me up so late. Okay. We'll work on that on the, on the next one though. Okay. So Rise Science is an app that few people can download right now and then how does it work? Like when you're working with corporate clients, do you have everyone download the app and then they start using it? And then, or how does that work? Yeah. So on the corporate side, typically, you know, we engage sales leadership on the sales development side or, you know, over the entire org on the revenue side. And, you know, when we work with teams, we typically do it at, at a sales kickoff during a weekly pipe call. And we just talk a little bit about how sleep directly is going to affect, you know, the specific sales discipline of that organization. And so, you know, if it's empathy, that's typically a really important part of selling, or it's problem solving, or it's learning quickly, we have all the science, or the, we don't even have it, the science has already been done for us. And we can say, look, if you're getting more sleep, your empathy increases by 30%. That's actually one reason that one of the sales teams we worked with ended up working with us, because that was the key behavior in their sales process that they had identified. And there was no tool to increase empathy. And so I showed the head of sales one of the studies on sleep and empathy. And you said, all right, well, let's give this a try. And what we found there is about a 30% increase in sales, which was insane and just totally nuts. But yeah, the way that it typically works is we come in, we share some of the results, talk about sleep, 10 to 15 minutes. Sometimes we'll do more of a keynote style. And then at the end, individual reps are able to take advantage of it if they want. It's all opt-in, all the data is confidential. And then the individual reps are then supported by sort of two folks on our team. So we have expert sleep guides in-house that are there to answer questions around travel and we've got young kids and a lot of things that the app can't handle so well. And then also our customer support team 
And so our customer success team and our success team is then, you know, working with the organization at a high level to do manager training and to show results regularly and to integrate more deeply into, you know, how that, how that sales org works. Actually, one sales org was actually doing a bonus based on sleep debt. So if you got, if you got low sleep debt one week, you know, you'd be entered into a certain bonus. So we've done a bunch of fun things like that too, that, you know, are able to keep engagement over time. And so that's how that works on the team side. On the individual reps, we've got a ton of individual reps that just will find rise on their own that are just looking for an edge and want to feel better, want to be better at home, want to hit their numbers. And they're just looking for ways to be at their best and they'll find the app and download it. And there's a bunch of folks like that. That's kind of fun when we talk to them and also leads usually to a good conversation with their boss. That's perfect. And then that's funny because I can delete pillow now and get rise instead, right? You I don't can. Yeah. <laughs> All good to those guys, but I mean, this is much better. Yeah. I mean, the main difference is, is like, how is this different than sleep tracking? You know, yeah. of course we have to track sleep to do all this analysis, but the main thing is we're giving you sleep debt. So that number is actionable and it's predictive and it's based on science, not some random score we came up with. But, you know, when you get that number lower, you will sell more and you'll be better and you'll feel better and everything will be, you know, more enjoyable. And it's actionable in that when that number starts getting high, you'll start to be like, oh, you know, when I'm at five to eight hours of sleep debt, I feel it on my calls and I feel it in my discipline. Tonight is a night that I'm going to prioritize sleep. Instead of 45 minutes on Netflix, I'm going to do 20. Or instead of an hour and a half on Netflix, I'm going to do 45. So it becomes both actionable and predictive. And then, you know, all the circadian rhythm stuff that we're able to tell you your peaks and dips. And there's a lot of good stuff in there that is quite a bit different than just straight tracking sleep. What we find is it's kind of interesting to track sleep, but it doesn't really move the needle on behavior. And that's for us what we're focused on. I want to take it to the next level. Yeah. Jeff, this has been amazing. I mean, I've got a ton of notes here. I think everyone can take away, you know, something to help them to improve and definitely to check out the app over on the app store. I'm going to download it myself <laughs> right now. Nice. And, you know, I really appreciate you coming and sharing the research with the sales development podcast. Yeah, no, I, I love it, David. And, you know, anything we can do to help and support and, you know, we're in this for the long haul. And so, you know, don't be surprised if you see us asking for your help, kind of asking for more opinions about how sales development teams are thinking about sleep or thinking about performance, because, you know, we want to be able to generate new knowledge and share it and anything that can kind of help in the, in the profession where we're all excited to do. I think people will be really excited about this. And Jeff, if they want to connect with you, LinkedIn the best way, it's risescience.com is the website, right? Yeah, you can visit us, risescience.com. My email is jeff at risescience.com. So you can email me directly. Or yeah, I mean, LinkedIn totally works too. You can find me there. And, and usually we're pretty, you know, pretty responsive. Just don't try to get you after, you know, 10 p.m. local time, right? Oh, so no, you're yeah. Gonna, I'm you're not going to respond. No, no, definitely not. <laughs> All right, Jeff, thanks a lot for coming on the show and have a great night's sleep tonight. Thanks for all the info. Yeah, yeah, will do. You got it. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Sales Development Podcast, the only audio forum 100% focused and dedicated to sales development with your host, David Delaney. Please be sure to subscribe to the show on YouTube and take a moment to leave us a review on iTunes. Your support makes our show possible. If you are struggling with your sales development program, contact us at 10bound.com for a no-obligation exploratory call. Again, that's 10bound.com.